Hello, everyone. I'm Alex, and I'm going to be natural. I am Dr. Dozier, and I am going to be super. Yeah. And I am Dr. O, and I'm going to be the junkie. He's Dr. Dennis, and he is a junkie. I am Dr. Kevin, and we are the, the Supernatural super junkies. junkies. Well done. Well done, boys. <laughs> Folks, this is Dr. Kevin Cruz giving you another pump because guess what? The Supernatural Junkies are on Rumble. All you have to do is go to Rumble, go to search, and when you search for channels, you look for Supernatural Junkies and all of our stuff is going to start popping up. It's great because you're going to be able to see the links why we are saying what we're saying but most importantly this is a great way to share with your family and your friends exactly why we are living in prophetic times and why we cannot give up access to our body Hello, everyone, and welcome to Supernatural Junkies. I'm Super Alex, and today I'm here with... We're all super today. Yeah, we're all we're super, all but super we're not duper. as super as Dr. Thomas Joser. I'm feeling quite super today. He's a weightlifting champ. You know that, right? <laughs> you guys got that? <laughs> he, he even has up. a t-shirt with his name on it. Somewhere. Wow, that's Somewhere. awesome. That's, that's big stuff. I don't have a I know what I'm getting Dr. Dennis it. for Christmas. A T-shirt with my name on it. That's Stop right. it. <laughs> no, no, he has that. He wears them. They're called pajamas, and there he wears them at work. And he has his I name like on my there. Pajamas. Doctor Dennis's pajamas. That's right. I like a good onesie with rabbit ears. <laughs> rabbit ears. Oh my goodness! I want a picture Christmas of that story. <laughs> right. Yeah. It 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 can you be simple. Dry out. <laughs> Well, what are we talking about today, Alex? Well, we're going to do a little uh, talk about Pastor Ernie Rivera's episode. Yeah. Right? We haven't we haven't spoken about that yet. I hope you guys listen to it. If you have not, please take the time to listen to that. Very important that you do. He was uh, he was invited. Yep. Right to Washington D.C. Was it? It's it's Washington uh, D.C. to the Israeli embassy yep, and um, to. So if you listen to the last few episodes, and we have to be honest with you here, we we are getting tired of this subject, but you can see why we were like, we, we have to do one more episode because there's some things that still need to be need to be said. Some there's some redirection that needs to be made. And especially, you know, when you start to be faced with the brutal uh reality of of what actually happened. Um you know, in in maybe the, the, they're saying in this in our lifetimes, this is the closest thing to any kind of Holocaust that we've seen. That's how many people died. So uh, in this attack by Hamas, mm-hmm. and and it's it's not just that they died; it was the way that that, that they died. That women and children um, weren't even just killed, right? right. That, that that they were tortured uh, in the worst ways possible. And uh, so, let's just say it like this. Love tells the truth, but love doesn't do it in a way that's hateful. We, we have to deal with the reality of what happened. And we, when you see what happened, you're going to realize that, that it requires something on our part. It requires us to stand up and say that this is not going to happen again. Well, we're also being lied to. You know, so Pastor Ernie Rivera coming in and saying, look, he witnessed this this 42, 43 minutes um, docu-series that was based on um, GoPro footage or on body cams that the Hamas soldiers had on them when they were doing these things. Um, That's in direct opposition to what the media is actually saying. And if I'm not mistaken, um, I know we talked about Gal uh, Godot saying that she actually screened that. Did you know that? Wonder Woman! Right. She actually screened that... Um, docu-series in Hollywood. She invited all the bigwigs. And do you know 
No one showed up. Celebrities didn't show up. The media refused to show up and watch it. But it is the same series he's talking about. It, there's just too many correlations for it not to be. So, And it was just like the week before mm. um, that that she did that. So nobody would show up mm. and watch it. And it was the same footage. So that's that's pretty that's pretty awful. Like that when faced with the truth, you know, the media is still wanting to say, well, if we didn't see it, we can't, you know, acknowledge it. Yeah, that was it. AI generated or something. Right, right, right. Sure. It really sure does it get there. So I know, Dr. Dennis, before we bait in today, uh, you have a... Yeah, uh, I just switched it, actually. Oh, oh he, <laughs> the, the, he just switched look it. Look at him well, go actually, last minute. He, he, he's like he's segue on it. man. I he's felt, on I it. felt the spirit of God uh, tell me to go here. So Ephesians 6. Uh, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand an evil day and having done all to stand. Stand, therefore, having your girded your waist with the truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and he goes onward but i thought that was very important in the fact that to remind us that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood and, and that there are spiritual powers behind these this war and wars and rulers of, of nations and so forth and i thought that it would be a good segue as we say into what we're going to talk about because there are powers of of wickedness behind all this stuff, especially with Dr. what uh, Pastor Ernie was talking about. So the other thing I love about that passage, it's talking about standing. Mm -hmm. We stand for Christ, right? And and there's no doubt that this war is hell and that, that we don't condone everything that Israel is doing over there. That's not what we're saying. We're we're saying that 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 what was done was wrong in in a way that was inexplicable so that's what i'm gonna just go ahead and i know most of us have lived soon of course alex and i were there so um i'll just open up to the, any of the docs that want to talk about you know what impressed them the most or what did they take away the most from listening to pastor ernie and what what he saw well i i think one thing i took away from that was that the sincerity and of his message um you can actually tell that you know he was aghast by what he saw and that it was evil and it's a reminder to us that there's so much evil around us and of course we hear as christians well if there is a god why doesn't he get rid of evil well if he got rid of evil he'd get rid of us right we're all um, fall short of the glory of god now there is wickedness around us and we're to stand in in the gospel and we are to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might and not be afraid. Um, we do not, right, Dr. D? Fear and faith. Faith, there are two opposite emotions. Um, and, and um, you know, if you think about this, this goes back to that fear thing. And um, Jonathan Kahn, in, in that first book, The Harbinger, he talks about the origins of terrorism. Right, mm -hmm. that the same people, you know, that started this, you know, all goes back again to those people groups in the Bible, and that's why it's so important to understand your Bible as to why we still have these conflicts today, and why they're so heated and so deep that there's no educating them out of it. Mm -hmm. These things are like, you know, forces we can't even understand. These are the powers and principalities that have now gotten involved. You know, Doctor Dozier, what was your you know, feelings after listening to some of what uh, Pastor Ernie said. And I know you got some of that firsthand as well. I was, uh, of course, yes, there's going to be emotions that are displayed, either uh, sadness, anger, fear, all those things are emotions. Uh, but to me, it was, uh, it was one of the most devastating things that I have heard when it comes to what a people can do to another people. Uh, and from it, all I could 
all I could really process was there has to be hatred. We talk about hatred a lot in America because of what people believe and, and words. And I, I really don't think we have really seen uh, the depths of hatred. Uh, hatred itself, and you can just look at it biblically, and I won't go into verses right now. But when we look at Esau killing his, his uh, excuse me, Cain killing his brother Abel, that in itself was a manifestation of hatred, hatred actually fulfilling itself. And that, to me, was true hatred, because true hatred will fulfill itself in murder. And so hearing him and then, you know, the, the tears, and even when he first talked with me over the phone, uh, I began to weep. Even as I shared it with my wife, I wept because it was just like something that uh, even something that you don't see in a movie with the people doing to another people. So that is that is what I felt. I felt the uh, I felt sadness, uh, pain, and I'm not one of those people who like to say, "Well, we have to look at all sides." Uh, whenever you get to a point where you do something like that, the person who perpetrates the act must be looked at. Two people can have an argument, and one can become angry and decide they're going to do damage to the other. Okay, you're not, if you go to court, it's not going to be about that argument. It's going to be about the physical damage that's been inflicted. And so that's just what I, I, I got. I, I, some of the things that were brought out, they were just uh, despicable. Well, and you know, you're, you're a person who's been in the military. You're acquainted with war. You see what I'm saying? So what was it about? what you heard there that that wasn't war it, for them for them that was for them that was war uh for them that was eradicating uh whom they happened to believe is their enemy that was them eradicating whom they happened to believe have no right to be in that land. I know people like to say I have friends and I have friends that are this, I have friends that are that. Uh, I do have a friend and he is a friend. I have a friend that's uh, of Palestinian descent and when I first met him uh, to find out that he was Palestinian, it was, it was somewhat of a surprise because uh, he was Caucasian, but he was Palestinian. And uh, he is, he, he lives here in America, good man, very calm man, and he asked me. He had a picture on his wall, uh, he's in finances, and it was a picture of the dome in Jerusalem. And I looked at it, and I asked him where it was, he said yes, and then he told me that he used to live there. Wow. And then uh, he asked me this question, he says, who do you, Think, or do you believe that Jerusalem belongs to? Now I could do one or the other. I could, you know, I could acquiesce and give an answer to appease, or I could. And I said to him, I said, I believe it belongs to Israel. And then he asked me the question. He said, But doesn't it belong to everybody? I said, Oh, being. Uh, a person who believes the word of God, I believe it belongs to Israel because God gave it to them. So it belongs to Israel. It, it does not mean that other people cannot live there. Even when you look at the old covenant, when people would come in, there would be people who would come in. There was something that they had to go through, a period of time they had to go through before they could be brought in too. But the thing was, in that conversation, there was no anger. There was no hatred. Uh, he remained my friend, and I usually see him about once a year. But I had to express truth. I had to express truth uh, in love. And so there are people who just believe it doesn't belong, but he was one who believed that they could cohabitate there together. And I believe that can happen as well, but I do not believe that you can take away from them what God gave to them. Yeah, I would have asked them, you know, what do you mean it belongs to everybody? Because, I mean, how does, 
if he's talking about cohabitation, well, it is cohabitated right now, isn't it? I mean, you have the, the mosque and you have the wall and you have, you have, um, there's no doubt that they, they, they know, have I mean, all kinds of people, nationalities right. there. But it does belong to God. Mm-hmm. It, there it are Jews, there are Muslims that are there. There are Muslims that are worshiping. They, they go to the Dome mm-hmm. of the Rock. Mm-hmm. All of that stuff is happening. Right. In my mindset, it did not, it wasn't necessary for me to ask that question mm-hmm. because it, number one, it did not, uh, it did not matter uh, in that instance when you bring out the fact that because God gave it to them, uh, that settles it all. But that was a person who grew up there. Uh, he grew up there. Uh, he shared with me how while he was there, he said there was really, uh, they didn't really have much strife between one another. But then later you could hear the personal construct and, and we have that just like as, as being Americans, those of us who uh, really love our country, uh, our personal construct would be in favor of our country and we wouldn't go to people from other countries degrading our country. Uh, on the other hand, if a person uh, is from another nation, we would not expect them to raise us up over theirs. And so when you go to them and they're believing that this belongs to them, their personal construct is going to be in their favor versus uh, in favor of the Jewish people. So what actually tilts the scale on that is bringing out what God says. Now, if the person wants to go further and, uh, and discuss that, then now I'm going to go deeper into it from a biblical aspect because uh, God doesn't need me to defend him. Mm-hmm. But his word will defend the position that I'm standing on. Mm-hmm. And I'm standing on the position that he's laid out. And so usually that's the way that I'm going to look at. I'm going to look at pretty much all things that way. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, historically, the, the bottom line is, as is, is we've gone through this, so we're going to do a review here in a pretty pretty quick minute, but all of these groups have been fighting back and forth for these territories. And the truth is we, we already have, you know, Israel itself is a perfect example of a democracy, you know, in the Arab world. They, 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 they absolutely have worshiping, practicing Muslims that are living right there and, and are completely peaceful, right? Or they're not having any problems. So this stuff that's, it's the stuff coming from outside, of Israel, because there's plenty of Muslims there too. Do you see what I'm saying? So that's all part of what's happening. So the reality is, for me, when I heard that podcast, I thought, okay, in Western thought, you know, war is primarily about two people that are at odds with one another, right? And so one is going to go in and take the other one, either their land or take control of it. And, and that's a military thing. Yep. And so when you go in and you take something over, well, you've won. You don't then turn around and, and, and start to execute and kill women and children. You, right. you don't Rape do that. Pillage. Because the minute you start mm-hmm. to kill everyone, that's not war. That is extermination. You're trying to wipe out a people group, Right. And then when you get to this part where you go, wait a minute, that's not what they did either. They didn't just kill men and women, children. They tortured them. Mm-hmm. That is the spirit of terrorism that is in the world. And that's not normal. That's not war. That's some completely something else. That is satanic in our book, right? Because even if a man comes into my house and he tries to take and kill me and my family... Yes, I, I would pull the trigger, but I'm not going to then go back and torture the man, right? Once he's disabled and I've won, I'm not going to, you know, cut off all of his fingers before he dies to make sure that he knows how much I hate him. If he was still alive. If he was still alive, <laughs> right? So, so these are these things that, that, that conscience requires. And, and the fact that they used 
loved ones, these people's cell phones to document what they did, and even mm-hmm. called those people that they killed loved ones. You can see, and and again, the the praise that they were, you know, calling for, right? Right. You know, and that's where you get back to some of these ideas that this is this is what terrorism is. This is the spirit of of terrorism that's really in the world, and, and it's something that we we have to face and we have to to struggle with because jihad is a word that only it's unique okay it's unique to islam and this particular brand and again we have right here in our area you know the the most of the muslims here are sworn to peace you know at at, at no circumstance would they ever become violent there's there's plenty of those but then we have this other sect over here and this is the group that that israel's dealing with and we have to face the reality that this hamas even Pastor Ernie mentioned how he knows people that live in Gaza. He knows Palestinians, right? And this is Hamas is something different, right? And so that's why we need to be clarifying exactly, right. you know, what this is and what it isn't. But this is this is terrorism, and and that's what was shocking, uh, I think, to anybody that would have heard that. Well, I think he made the analogy analogy that of ISIS. I mean, they're no different like that ISIS was with, with um, and how they tormented and tortured people, you know. Um, and I do have one thing, though, and I think this, I'm not playing the, am I not loud enough? I'm not playing, I'm plenty loud in my ears. I'm not playing uh, devil's advocate because I don't play devil's advocate, <laughs> but... Um, historically speaking, let's go back. Wait a to, minute. I just saw some little horns pop. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, historically speaking, I think we have um, God commanded the Jews to go in and clear the land. And they got in trouble when they didn't. Right? Mm-hmm. So I'm not, I think that, you know, with with what goes on over there, I think they fight differently than what what we do. Do I think what they did was horrific? Absolutely. But there, I mean, war is disgusting, like we said a couple of podcasts ago, you know, and, and going in and doing that is just to total desecrate, desecrate a, a people group and try to and show that hatred. And you're right, it is evil. Yep. Um, and but but you look back at what ISIS did and having people in handcuffs or tied up and being beheaded on TV, you know, yes. I mean, so, I mean, these people... Don't fight fair. I mean, let's just no. Put that that's way. not ju- that's not. They're not seeking justice. They're seeking vengeance and hatred. I'd just like to um, give a um, give Bible support to what Dr. Dennis just stated concerning driving the people out of the land in Numbers chapter thirty-three. And often bring this up. God does say something to Moses. He tells Moses what will happen. He says, but. If you will not drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you, then it shall come to pass that those which you let remain of them shall be pricks in your eyes and thorns in your side and shall vex you in the land where you dwell. Uh, And it says, moreover, it shall come to pass that I shall do unto you as I thought to do unto them. And, you know, that portion they they went through on the captivity. But this is this is going on today because. We find out when you get into when we get into judges, you find out that they did not completely drive all of those tribes out of the land, and that takes us to this: when you, you hear people of uh, different ethnic groups, uh, I don't say races because there's one race, different ethnic groups, and they go back in history and say, "Well, we were the original people here. We were the original people there." I want to go to the Bible. Whether you're a believer or not, God's word is true. He cannot lie. The word of God says the earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. God can give what belongs to him to whomever he desires. And it doesn't matter who was there before them. Uh, They would not have been there without the original creation, which came from God anyway. And yes, the fall cause many things to go bad, cause all things to go bad. But God is the one who determines 
who will have what? And he determined what Israel would have. And as believers in God and Bible believers, that is what you would have to stand on. Well, and also I like to mention whenever we talk about some of the exterminations that did take place, that there were genetic, you know, situations going on there. The the giants were involved, and so this was something that would be it would be a, literally a, a two species, really a subspecies, right? So that's a that's a narrative in the Bible that we've talked about before. That comes back from Genesis, the sixth chapter, and the giants, and of course Goliath being the most famous of those. But that was part of something that was also happening in those lands. So you know, as we run this down, you can see. You know, to me, that's what terrorism is. It's a, it's a special thing that you, you can see in the modern era. We, we've never seen anything like it. And uh, and so that's what Hamas is. They're a terrorist group, and and that's what's really happened in the world. So, you know, when we think about these two people groups, um, you know, you, you can see here that... Um, so I was really hoping for you to take over this. You have to stop it. Alex, you were telling us something about an article you read about some of the hostilities that were happening there in Israel. Well, I think we need to remember that the word, we, we throw it around real casually, terrorist, right? Because it's sort of a, a fairly modern term. But the name itself, terror, that is their job to inspire fear in people's hearts. And so one of these articles from the Christian Post is talking about the Hamas terrorists, they recount raping a girl's corpse and being offered a $10,000 reward for doing so and an apartment. You know, I, I thought initially, wasn't it supposed to be like so many virgins? Now, right. now it's no longer enough. Now they want an apartment. But just think about that. They're, there's, they're raping corpses. There's, they talk about in this article specifically um, in the Israel Times how... The Hamas were shown, they were told, first of all, to kill the people, cut off their heads, crush it, and then cut off their legs. Like, once somebody is dead, what is the need to do more than that? That is simply to inspire the most amount of terror possible. That's right. It's, it's disgusting. But let's let's look at it from another perspective, because if they really had the, the oh, we really need to to finish off these people, then they don't have enough gumption to really follow through with this. A short time ago, Iran's supreme leader, the Grand Ayatollah, Ayatollah Ali Khamenei, urged the Muslim world to boycott anything and everything that originates with the Jewish people. Well, let's talk about that for a moment. What are the things that they would be boycotting, right? First of all, the cell phone invented by Martin Cooper, a Jewish engineer. Okay, so no, no more cell phone, guys. So you can't be recording all that terror that you're doing on that cell phone, if it really means that much to you, if if you, it, you're you just so utterly wanting to wipe these people off, then you should have that moral compass to where I don't partake in anything that they've done. Let's look further into that, though. Um, so this is talking about um, if a Muslim has, or Hamas has syphilis, right? And I'm sure with all that other stuff they're doing, right? They can't be cured because the cure was discovered by... Uh, Jew, Dr. Ehrlich. All right. For, but even the test to find out if you have syphilis um, was made by the discovery of a Jew. Okay. Also, if they get gonorrhea, they can't get a diagnosis because the method that they use for testing was invented by another Jew. Um, if they have heart disease, they can't take digitalis because discovered by Ludwig Traub, a Jew. Um, if they have a toothache, no Novocaine, guys. That pain relief is out because also discovered by Jewish people. Um, let's see. Yeah, diabetes. Forget it. Can't use insulin because insulin was the result of research done by Minaus, what, Minkowski, another Jew. If they have a headache, no um, medicine. There's two types of medicines, I guess. Uh, pyramidon, I guess, and antiprin. I'm not familiar talk with Talk to those. Dr. Dennis. I should talk to Dr. Jess about it. He would know. But also, because of Jews, if they have convulsions, nope, can't take any medicine for that because guess what? Discovered by a Jew. Um, 
any, um, if they have any psychological issues, well, forget about therapy, right? I mean, depending on the type of therapy, because Freud, also a Jew. Um, diphtheria, the test that was invented by Jew, right? Uh, let's see. Um, so, so your point is, is that the Jewish people invented a lot of things. A lot of things. It's kind let's, of hard to boycott them, probably. Right? right? Yeah. Oh, oh, don't forget the, the polo, polio vaccine, right? Um, streptomycin, tuberculosis tests, also by Jews. There, there's no shortage of the things that Jewish people have invented, right? That we use all the time. Um, not to mention that a long line of esteemed um, Nobel Peace Prize winners are Jewish. Mm-hmm. Right? 129 or something, right? Right. And it compared to the amount of the population that we have in the world, that's a pretty astounding number of people, right, mm-hmm. to have won those awards. Um, well, and, and you think about, you know, we're supposed to stick up for the little guy, right, or, you know, correct injustice. So when you get down to actual number of people in the world, yeah, okay, what is it? What does it work out to? It says fourteen million, or about point oh two percent of the world's population is Jewish. Yeah, very. And very how, tiny. how about how many Muslims? Um, oh wow, one billion two hundred million, twenty percent of the whole world's culture. Yeah, and yet we have a situation here where point zero two percent of the world that is Jewish is not allowed to have a country. And is not allowed, okay, to have a religion, to have a faith, and have a place in this world. That's what's going on. There's so many places in the world and so much land, and it's got to be even higher than that. So, Right, but we're also talking about, you know, if you look more into terror or terrorism, um, there's not one Jew who has ever killed athletes for the Olympics, blown up a German restaurant, hijacked a plane, um, destroyed a church. Uh, protests, their protests don't involve killing people, right? They don't traffic slaves. They don't have their leaders calling for jihad or the death of another ethnic group. You, you don't hear that. They have the only democratic country in, in the Islamic world, right? That's and part the, of the reason why they want them out of there, too. They do actually have Christians, Jews, and Muslims all in one locale that are getting along. Peacefully. Yeah. Peacefully. So it's, it's really these outside threats that are coming in. So these are the things that people don't know a lot about, mm-hmm. and they don't understand. This is just a logical perspective that this is the kind of you know, size difference. And yet, Israel is a top 10 most powerful military country in the world mm. with 0.02% of the population. Right, and we can see God's hand on them because God still, like all of us, has a purpose for us. Right, so. But that's you know, a, that's I, I don't understand because it it's not hard. They are if they were to go after right these other groups, they could have wiped them out because their military, especially um, that's right. when they talk about their um, their air force, so much better than the countries that are invading them and fighting them. They could have wiped them out, but it's not happened. And they have nuclear capability, folks. Okay. So So this is what's going on in the world. And you think back to reviewing what we've talked about, okay, that God made a covenant with Abraham that he would be the father of a great many nations, right? But he he set a caveat that this was going to happen through Sarah, right? And he compromised on that, right? And that's how we ended up with Ishmael, right? And, um, and then, of course, that happened through them taking uh, Hagar as his secondary wife. And then eventually it created such animosity that in order for, you know, Isaac's, you know, posterity, they had to send Ishmael away. Can you imagine? And then the, virtually the same thing happens uh, with the children of Keturah, which was another concubine that, that, that Abraham took. And then, again, a similar situation happens where between Jacob and Esau that that, that Jacob was going to be the one that God uh, took his covenant to him and not necessarily Esau. So you have these, these family feud that's been going on for 4,000 years that's so deeply ingrained, and you can't understand what's happening in the world today without understanding that 4,000-year-old family feud. 
And, you know, since then, all those countries have developed their own religion. Even when the 10, Dr. Dojo was talking about how even when the 10 tribes broke off, they immediately started their own religion because they didn't want them to go back to, to the temple in Jerusalem. So as you think through that, that's where 500 years after Christ, Islam enters the picture. And Islam means submission. And the big difference is that it was spread, Islam was spread through jihad, which is war, a holy war. And the only outcome in that war is that you either become a slave or you become dead, right? Um, I think there were a few situations where there was maybe some, yeah, some, some tribute like or something like mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, this is what happened in the world, and they almost took over the whole world, to be honest with you. And um, so, but then we look to the Bible when, when Dr. Dozier says, hey, this is what the Bible says, right? This is God is the one who, who owns everything, and he gave mm -hmm. them this land, right? And, and Israel, as we know in the Bible, was God's portion in the world. So we look to Isaiah eleven eleven. You know, here they are. They haven't even come out of captivity or been taken to the captivity the first time. But he talks about, he says he's going to reach out his hand a second time to reclaim the surviving mm -hmm. remnant of his people from Assyria, from Lower Egypt, from Upper Egypt, from Cush, from Elam, from uh, Babylonia, from Hamath, and the island. So here is, is God, before it even happened the first time, he told them it would be a second time that he would regather them. And then we have Luke 21, 28, where Jesus specifically tells his disciples, everything here is going to be gone. You are all going to be held captive around the world until one day. Jerusalem will no longer be trodden down to the Gentiles. You guys will take control of this most holy city. And that happened in 1967. You know, and this is where I, I've struggled with this one. But it's Zechariah 12, too. This is the verse that my dad brought up to me when I was a teenager. And it just says, I'm going to make you a trembling, a cup of trembling for the whole world. Okay, and that Judah would be would be deceived as well and um, uh, besieged as well, I'm sorry. And so the whole world comes against Israel, if you read that, Zechariah uh, 2, and verse 2 and 3. And so I tell my dad, I said, that's ridiculous. That's never going to happen. Nobody cares about that dumb little country over there. And you can see how wrong, really, it is that I've been about all that, right? So this is why I realize that the Bible's true. These, these conflicts are happening in the world. And then the last one, you know, that I pointed out was um, Amos 9, 17. It says, I will plant Israel in their own land, never again to be uprooted from the land I have given them. So here the Bible talks about a first regathering and a second regathering. And then he tells you that one of these times, they will never again be uprooted from the land I have given them. And that is because Jesus Christ returns. That's when he returns. That's why he returns to, to, to fulfill that promise. And the fact that Israel is in the land, me for me, why is this important? Because it shows you that your Bible is the word of God. It shows you that God knows the future. It shows you that God has a people. And by the way, if you're listening to this podcast, you are his people. This covenant that he gave with Abraham, every covenant that he has made with us, his covenant his relationship with you is unchangeable. It is something that goes beyond space and time and that God, like that great shepherd that has lost that one sheep, he leaves the 90 and nine to go get. You and I are that one sheep. And this is another example how Israel, that one sheep, that rebel, you could argue that God picked the worst and most rebellious people on the planet. You just read their history, folks. Read your Bible. But you know that God is true and that he has grace for all of us and that he relentlessly pursues them. So you see, for me, that's how all this works together. And we think about all of that happening. You know, for me, the scariest part was when he said at the end, Ernie said that these, there, Israel is saying that there are thousands of terrorist groups around America that are ready to do the same thing here. Yeah, that's what that's what Hamas was saying on the video. He was saying that they were saying that they have plenty, plenty of Hamas planted all around, even the United States, ready to do exactly the same thing that they are doing now. 
Well, when you think about that, the Muslims are 1.2 billion people. And like Kevin said earlier, that um, most of them are peaceful. But if 0.1% of them are not, that's a lot of terrorists. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a lot of jihad. Well, and, and here's the statistics. <laughs> we have, uh, again, we have 38 states since 2001. Okay, We have more individuals that actually exceed the population of 38 states. That's how many people have come through our borders. Okay, a, a population greater than 38 out of the 50 states. So when he says that we've been infiltrated, we, we have traitors. We have traitors to the American people that are currently running this country to allow. Okay, 9-11 was done with about 20-some people. What could thousands of cell groups do? Mm. And right? this question of whether or not 9-11 was... How can a border be a political <laughs> issue? It should be a, a, a traitor versus mm-hmm. patriot issue. Well, you know, there's we know that they want to get rid of the United States of America, so... The best way to do it is from within. You know, let the bring in all these people, do away with their their population, and uh, just uh, and the way they're ruling from Washington is is what's causing all of it. You know. Well, and you can see eliminating Christianity is also on the list. Well, it's That's the planting of these subversive ideas mm-hmm. and and putting that out there. Mm-hmm. It were trying to rewrite history we're rewriting you know the the world to be (laughs) a worse place to be quite honest i mean that's that's what the media wants it's clear Mm. but it's it's the constant you know i'm so sick of of seeing this pro um hamas rhetoric i'm it's disgusting but you're like, where's this coming from? The other day I was watching some, somebody sent me some stuff on TikTok saying now everybody's for, all the young kids are supporting Osama bin Laden. Right. You know, it's because they're a little late now, guys, but they're, they're brain dead. <laughs> totally brain dead. They but, don't know history. They don't know anything. They, these kids are, are, are just being led around by whoever's telling them whatever they're to believe. You know, it, right. But it, it's that thing that even a madman has some logic to what he's doing as well. And if if that's what you're purporting, you're going to, it's like, like uh, what is what did they say about a clock that doesn't work? It's still right twice a day, right? Isn't that the same thing? A madman uh, does yeah. eventually hit on something that's, that sounds right. It doesn't mean that it is right, right? That clock's still right twice a day. What, what about the rest of the time, right? It's the same thing, guys. So, you know, what we see with the Palestinians is that it's okay we're, we're really talking about an extermination and persecution of, of Jews. We're talking about another Holocaust, right? Yep. And, and that is, is something that people still question today, whether it really happened. What? Dr. Dozier? Uh Here's a uh, quote from uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, and he's uh, quoting or he's reciting uh, General Eisenhower, the Supreme Commander of the forces, the U.S. forces, uh, in the European theater during World War II. And he's quoted as saying the following. He warned us that it is a matter of history that when the Supreme Commander of the Allied Forces, General Dwight Eisenhower, found the victims of the death camps, he ordered all possible photographs to be taken and for the German people from surrounding villages to be ushered through the camps and even made to bury the dead. And there was a reason as to why he did this. He did this because he said in words to this effect, get it on record now, get the film, get the witnesses, because somewhere down the road of history, some bastard will get up and say that this never happened. And this is true because you do have people today that are saying this never happened. Uh, and you even mm. have it where in some places they want to take this out of uh, curriculum because they're saying that it's offending Muslims. Mm-hmm. Well, remember, your Bible is offensive because it says there is a God and then everything is his. And he actually can have a people. And that means he can have his relationship with you. Right. And that he can give them a place in the world. 
And, and the reality is, is that if you are against that God, Yahweh is not the same God, right, as Allah. And so this is why there's this, this religious war happening in Israel, and we need to understand that. Now, the last thing I want to say, though, is that, you know, we have to remember that terrorism is a very small part of, of the Muslim uh, uh, culture around the world. We, we don't have, but you can see what an impact it makes when you, it's just like the kamikaze pilots, what, what a difference they made in World War II, um, you know, and what that does. But we have to, we have to deal with this fact that, of terrorism. But at the same time, God absolutely is, is causing a revival among the Muslim worlds. I mean, some of the most amazing miracles, Jesus appearing to people, um, people, an angel appearing to people and transcribing virtually the whole Bible. Um, there's been an incredible underground movement of Christianity through some of these Muslim cultures and Muslim countries. And it's a little surprising because Iran, of course, being one of those countries that we hear some of the stories mostly about. Um, and I will say this, that, you know, if you don't have a heart for the Muslim people, just remember your own sin. Just remember how far, you know, in my own life, I think, you know, how far I've strayed from God, you know, and how many things, you know, that, that um, you know, I wish I could take back, right? So the long story short of that is, is that we as Christians are called to, to love people but hate the sin. And, and this is why, you know, on my search for that, I, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of Nabil Qureshi. And uh, he's wrote several books. One is Seeking Allah and Finding Jesus. And his testimony in there, I don't know, that was one of the most riveting testimonies I've ever heard in my life. It was astounding. You just skimmed right past that Holocaust subject, though. I mean, it's astounding to me. I, I just have to go back for a moment. How, right how, how can we say that? Did she just hit rewind? Yeah, did. I did, because six million Jews were murdered during the Holocaust. There are still survivors. Now, you know, a lot of them are very upwards in age, so many of them have died by now. But there are still survivors of the Holocaust that mm. are alive that talk about, are they making this up? The right. Six million Jews died. How you think those pictures were just of really skinny models? You know, all those people that were starved. What are you talking about? Those people that were just piled in in mass graves that we've seen the pictures. How how in the world? Bulldozers pushing piles. Well, of I people. just don't understand how you sit there and say that's made up, and we need to take it out of a curriculum. I'm sorry if history offends. Yeah. And for I, for what other reason would those? Uh, German leaders, uh, doctors, scientists, uh, generals, uh, who were part of the final solution, as they call it, for what reason would they flee and go to Argentina? Mm. Uh, and then why would you have, uh, once Israel became a nation, you'd have those from Israel who would go over to Argentina, and yes, they would abduct them from Argentina, and then they would take them back to Israel, and they would stand trial. We let mm, so many right. of these people go because of their intellect, and and I well, believe we brought them over here too. I, don't exactly, yeah. that's why I said Operation we let, and that's what clip. I mean. We let so many of these people yep. go. We let so many of them get by with their crimes because of their uh, intellect. And mm -hmm. I believe when you make them, when you make a decision like that, those things eventually come back to haunt you. They yep. really do. Well, and, and there's no doubt the the Holocaust was carried out by the Nazis. And the closest thing we've seen to that is, is communism. I mean, it's a hyper version of communism and, 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 you know, culminating in a dictatorship, which is really what communism did with Stalin, right, and Lenin. And, and communism has killed 100 million people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah the well, difference. Well, it's true. I mean, we all, know, we all know about Hitler, and Hitler killed a lot of people, but Stalin killed 20 million, and I think Mao... 60 million of his own people, yeah. you know, so there's a lot. And of Maoism is alive and well. Yeah. And, sure is. and even though you cannot justify any of those, uh, when you look at what Hitler did, it was, it was heinous times too. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. uh, his objective was to completely exterminate an ethnic group. And he didn't just limit it to... Uh, his nation, 
but it was throughout Israel. And another story, but he did have plans to eventually uh, invade the United States. Uh, Stalin was paranoid, mm-hmm. evil. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and or cursed God on his yeah. deathbed. And so all of these guys, all of these guys were evil. But we're we're looking at what happened to the Jewish people, mm-hmm. and why it's happening to the Jewish people. And we know that this is a war of good and evil. This mm-hmm. is a war, God and Satan. And I would like to I would like to say that Satan will lose. He will lose this war. Spoiler but, alert. Okay, he will he will lose. Yes, spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. He will lose this war. But that is what this war uh, is all about. God chose these people. And we have to understand this. Uh, I would like to go to, if I can, we got time. It won't take but a few minutes. Uh, Psalm 122, where it tells us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Amen. And I want us to look at that clearly because this is not more so speaking of individuals, but it's speaking of the place itself. For there sits for the judgment, the thrones of the house of David sits in Jerusalem, not in the people. And it takes me back to Israel being in the Babylonian captivity uh, when uh, they were, God gave a word to Jeremiah to tell them to pray for the peace of the land so that they might have peace in it. And, and I, and, and you may not have, the people may not have wanted to do it. They carrying us away captivity in the captivity. You're saying pray for the peace of this land. He said, yes, so that you might have peace in it. And I'm saying this today, what we need to be doing is we really need to be praying for peace in Jerusalem. And we know that is going to eventually come when the Prince of Peace does come. But we shouldn't just sit back and say, well, because somebody, some pe- because some people say this, and we shouldn't just sit back, well, the Bible said it's going to happen. But what does it say we're supposed to do? Are we supposed to be apathetic and just look at what happens and, and, and do nothing? Uh, we pray. We also take actions. But I, I do want to uh, encourage the people who are listening today to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. That's right. Pray for the peace of that area. Pray for mm-hmm. the peace of that land. Pray for the peace of that city. Pray for the peace, for they shall prosper that loves it. I'd also like to bring up the fact that Paul said to Timothy in, in, um, in chapter 2, that he said, Therefore I exhort you, first of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful, peaceable life in all godliness and reverence. So as Christians, we have the responsibility of praying for our leaders and, and so forth. You wonder what's going on around the world. Do we talk about a Holocaust in, in Israel? But we have a we had a Holocaust go on here in the United States, 60 million babies being aborted. Um, we have evil going on in our own midst. And, um, you know, Eric Metaxas wrote a book recently in the last year, uh, A Letter to the American Church. And he, if you don't know of Eric Metaxas, is a very good author, and he also wrote uh, a, docu- a, um, a documentary or biography on um, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who was the one pastor who stood up against Hitler. Um, and... Um, the, the church in Germany uh, laid flat uh, during the 30s, and they allowed Hitler to come into, uh, into power. Mm-hmm. And um, p- most part of them, not all of them, went along with Hitler and with his national congregation, where Dietrich Bonhoeffer led a revolt against that. And um, if you go and read his story, um, you know, Dietrich Bonhoeffer was quite the man— but getting to the, the his latest book, the letter to the American Church, what what Eric points out is that us who call ourselves Christians need to be praying for our country and need to be be active in our country in order to rescue it and get a revival going here. Well, you know, as we're kind of running out of time here, I want you to see Alex and I watched a great movie and talked about how actually Hitler very much was able to make in a big ally out of the Muslim world because of their common hatred for Israel. And so we have a same situation here 
that you know we have a lot of liberals in this country that openly flaunt and make fun of everything about Christians and how we're just such horrible people to not be embracing like LGBTQ, right? So mm-hmm. meanwhile, you you look at at that again Islam, but specifically if you look in their creed, the democratic creed right now, you'll see that Islam or or, or the Muslims are mentioned seven times, where Christianity is only mentioned once. So why are they in bed together? It's because they have this common goal of socialism around the world. And how do they tie into that? Because the socialists have a common enemy. It is Israel, and it is democracy, and it is Christianity. And you see, that's how this all kind of works together. And so even though nobody would ever ask a Muslim to be forced to make a cake, right? (laughs) They wouldn't do that, right? Wouldn't need a Supreme Court. they just handle it right then and there, (laughs) right? Mm. You see what I'm saying? And that's, so that's a whole show. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And that's what's happening in the world today. We have this alliance between the, the these liberal entities, these communist countries, and these communist agendas, the socialism, and the same anti-Semitism, the same anti-Christian. This is where all of this stuff is coming together. And this is what we're called to do is to stand up, right? And that's why we need, as Dr. Dozier said, to pray for the peace of, of Jerusalem. Yeah. And that because these people groups have been fighting over it for a long time. But God's already chimed in that land. He is, is given for his people, Israel. And there's such a small group of people in the world. You look at how big the Muslim world is. We're talking about the something the size of New Jersey, uh, that they don't get to have a place to be in this world. And that's what they determined that the Holocaust was the reason why Israel happened, that they would never let another country to be in control of their fate. And that is something that I believe we have to support their right to exist, their right to have freedom of religion, and the fact that they are the only you know, peaceful, democratic, um, functioning society in that, in, that, in, that, in that fight. So this is why you know, God's word comes into play here that we are supposed to be involved and standing up for Israel. And I believe prophetically that America's situation in the end time is all going to revolve around how we support and align ourselves with Israel. So anybody else have any last words? All right. So, um, Dr. Dennis, you want to well, pray us out? Well, that's, I mean, it's interesting. That's why I read that verse. We Because Ephesians 6 talks about our fight is, not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and, and heavenly places. And evil is on the march against the church and against the people of God. Yep. And that's why we do have to stand firm. And a lot of it's a lot of it's jealousy, and a lot of it's hate. But you can see why in this episode, to, in particular, we were able to put everything together, so you can see how this all works. So, God bless you guys. We're going to be talking about um, woke Jesus coming up. So I uh, hope you guys woke. can join us woke. for that. Jesus was woke? <laughs> well, I guess we'll talk about that, won't we? <laughs> All right, uh, Dr. Dennis, you want to pray us out? Sure. Father God, I just want to thank you for today's episode, Lord, and I just want to pray that um, the message goes out to our listeners and that they um, can see what you what you are doing, what you are doing today and in this world. And we pray that they would come to an understanding of your peace that you provided for us in Jesus Christ, Lord. We ask this in his name. Amen. 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 Okay, you know the attack is going to be. Hey folks, it's Dr. Dennis from Supernatural Junkies. I just want to talk to you today about ProTandem. I've been taking ProTandem for a few years, and you know what? I feel a difference. I am younger than my age. At least I think I am. Anyway, ProTandem is a strong antioxidant producer in your body because what it does, it causes your body 
to increase its glutathione production. And glutathione, folks, is the strongest antioxidant your body has. So if you want to keep strong antioxidants in your body and be a healthier you, I suggest... Thank you.